0: Series called Release, and uh, I wanted to welcome you for that. Those of you who are visiting, we're glad you're here. Wherever you are in your journey to understand maybe who God is, who Jesus is, and what the church is all about, and then also for those I always forget to uh, welcome those who listen in our podcast community that download that and put them on their iPods and all that kind of stuff, and then those who listen online as well. Uh, we want to welcome you to what God is doing at Living Spring. We're in this series called Release, and, and the whole thing idea behind Release is this idea that Living Spring as a community is moving forward into the next chapter of ministry here in Garden Grove and the surrounding cities. And so, uh, amidst all of that, is some work that we're doing on campus. Some big projects with our patio and bathrooms and all that kind of stuff, but it's so much more than that. This is why we have the devotional guide that, uh, that we're all doing together. We're going through our daily uh, daily devotions together. It's why we have the prayer wristbands, not just to pray for Living Spring and pray that God blesses Living Spring, but to begin to just kind of bring some of these prayer requests, some of these things that are on our heart before God and to remind us that maybe whatever your band says Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, or whatever, to just, man, you know, I'm going to spend some more time, more than usual, on prayer. And the idea is that you would, as an individual, and, and, and we would, as a church, be released into the next chapter of ministry that God has for us so that we wouldn't just be stuck and so we don't want your prayer life stuck. We don't want your devotional life stuck. We don't want your relationships stuck. We don't want this church stuck. We want to move forward. And so that's been a part of the whole thing. And so this morning, we're going to talk about uh, something that everybody loves to hear from church. Money. They love to hear about it. As a matter of fact, you guys probably knew we were talking about money and you got here early and were like, yeah, this is fantastic. The church never talks about money. We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, what we're going to be talking about actually is the kingdom of God and that Jesus was all about the kingdom. And what, what what he was trying to get them to understand and get them to move forward, he was trying to get them from being stuck. He was trying to release them into a new concept of what it means to be a people of God, to be children of God, and what it means to be uh, moving forward in God. And so what, what, ha- what the deal was, was that Israel was stuck. They had Roman uh, government was their leader. And that was it. And so for them to be unstuck meant for someone to usher in the kingdom of God meant to ride in on a horse, everybody band together, wipe out the Roman empire. And then finally we get the land that we've been talking about for the last two or three weeks, the land flowing with milk and honey, everything can go back to the way it was supposed to go. We're God's people. This is God's land. God is our God. There, we're finally unstuck. Jesus was talking about a different kingdom. Jesus was talking about a kingdom where now the sacrifices were not the lamb and the ox and all that kind of stuff. The sacrifice was going to be actually him dying on a cross for our sins. And when he talked about the kingdom, what he was talking about was God's way, kind of the way God wanted things to go with the people of Israel to go past just a a land and a people to go on to God actually ruling and reigning in the hearts of the people that follow him. And so in this kind of kingdom thing, Jesus was trying to get their attention. And what he would do is he'd tell parables or stories to try to break them out of this this concept and to think at maybe a little deeper level. So anytime you see Jesus talking about the kingdom, you got to spend a lot of time looking at what are the kingdom principles that he's talking about. And unfortunately, the kingdom principles for the kingdom of heaven are radically different than the kingdom on earth. And so for those of you who've been coming to church here for a long, long time, we've got hand motions for this. But the, the kingdom of heaven, we do this. and The kingdom of earth, we do this. And the idea is that, you know, the kingdom of earth is the stuff you see all around there. The kingdom of heaven is when you look up and see Jesus or whatever. But that you get the idea of the hand motions, okay? And so Jesus was praying God, Heavenly Father, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That actually God's ways, that God's principles would be would be lived out through his people, even in the here and now. And so he has these wacky kingdom principles. Like, if you want to be first in line, like if you want to be first, you got to be last. So you're like, huh. Oh, if you want to get back at your enemy, like somebody's done this stuff to you, and like you're like, you know. You sneak up behind them and you bless them. That'll get them. You like kind of creep around and then like right at the very last minute you forgive them. Yeah, we'll get them. It's like weird kingdom principles. Oh, you want to live? You need to die. All of a sudden you start going, well, I don't think I like this kingdom. I'd rather just kind of have the land flowing with milk and honey. Well, here's what Jesus knows that I'm hoping I can get you to know this morning is that a life submitted to God's kingdom in all areas of our life is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a life of abundance. It's a life of prosperity. Maybe not financially, maybe not power wise. Maybe you won't become uh, the boss of your organization or whatever, but it's a life of abundance. And so, uh, we 're going to look at a uh, a section of scripture that 's found in matthew twenty five if you have a Bible you can turn there i 'll have all the stuff up behind us and Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and this kingdom principle called stewardship okay or or management really it 's just a management of resources if you 're um, if you 're the manager of a company or a department and you've got your budget or whatever, if you're a good steward of the resources of that particular thing, if you're in government, if you're whatever, being a good steward means managing those resources. Well, and Jesus talks about this. And so here's what he says. He says, again, it will be like a man. And what he means by it is the kingdom. Because he's already told a parable about the kingdom. So he says, you could almost say again. Again, the kingdom will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Now, we're going to have fun. We had fun first service. We're going to have fun second service. At children's ministry, which Bob was telling, is just telling us, is just like our ministry. It doesn't make any difference whether you're 9 or 59 or 109. Actually, if you're 109, wow, <laughs> you're old. Uh, but... Uh, It's just the same. So they do kind of a call and repeat and everybody gets involved and it's a lot of fun over there. So we're going to do the same thing. So if you're asleep, wake up or nudge your husband or whatever, just to kind of get him awake. And and so whenever I say like whose wealth, you say his wealth. Or if I say whose money or whose property, you say his property. Okay, so we're going to try it. Okay, hold on one second. don't, Don't get ahead of me. Who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Whose wealth? Oh, man, first service jacked you guys up. Uh, yeah, okay. Whose wealth? His wealth. Excellent, okay. So, again, the kingdom of God, Here we're coming with a kingdom principle, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Now, I want to just stop real quick and, and talk about this Greek word entrusted. Okay, because it, it it makes a lot of sense. But when we understand kind of, it, it's, a, it's a broader term. It really means to betray. It means to hand over. When, when Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, this is the Greek word used. On the night Jesus was entrusted, you hand it over. You hand it over without intervention. You hand it over, and then you take your hands off. So... In this particular thing, this guy, this king, this master, takes his wealth and he hands it over. He entrusts it to his servants. And he's not going to be like two weeks away texting them going, how's my portfolio doing? I saw pork bellies were down. we sell them short. I mean, he's not doing any of that. He says, look, here you go. I'm gone. I'll be back. Okay? Not like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. So that's the first thing we want to notice. Is that he entrusted several different slaves with his money. Whose money? His money. Excellent, good, all right. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another, one bag. Here's another kingdom principle each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Another kingdom principle God treats people differently. You're not supposed to say that, right? If I told you I treat all my kids differently, you'd be like, you're not supposed to do that. I do. Don't you? I mean, really, they're different kids, right? You can't treat one the same as the other. They're, They're growing up. They're different human beings. They have different strengths, different weaknesses. You'd say something to one that you wouldn't say to another. I mean, this is a part of every single relationship that we know that's healthy. I treat my wife different than I treat Pastor Bob. I treat Pastor Bob much better than I pre- treat you my wife, right? Okay, right. I know. Ha ha. Okay, here we go. So, so, but that's the whole point is that, is that all of a sudden what it does is it individualizes this entrusting, which means God, our heavenly father has entrusted you with his resources and he's taken his hands off each according to their ability. He said, well, man, I mean, it would be fair if he gave one five, the other five, and the other five. But God doesn't work that way. Nobody wise with his kingdom works that way. I'll give you a, a little example. My daughter, Audrey, she's not here. She's in college now. But she wanted to start this charms business, Italian charms. I don't know if you remember when they were big. But their little, their little metal like silver charms and they interlock. And so you have blanks first. And then, you know, every time you get some money, you buy another charm and each charm has like a little thing on it. Like, uh, I had, you know, because she started this business, I started wearing Italian charms. Uh, but I, but, you know, mine had a soccer ball and, you know, like great dad and all this kind of stuff. And part of the problem with the charms that I didn't mention first service is that they get stuck in your arm hair because they kind of are an elastic band. So, uh, I started losing, like, a, I had, like, a band of hairless band there. Uh, so she starts this thing, and, and I, I had to make a, sh- she can't just start a business, you know, she had to buy the charms on eBay and all this kind of stuff. And so I looked at my daughter, and I said, decided, myself, should I invest in this corporation that she's starting, this, this business? Should I be a, become a partner in this venture, if you will? And so, you know, we talked about money. We talked about this kind of stuff. And so I decided to invest in this thing that was going to be worth like tens after we were done. Um, and, and, And so she did the charm business. And the first job she had was to pay me back. And so she sold charms and all this kind of stuff, and she paid me back. And then she she took, now she's on her own. She bought more charms with the profit and all this kind of stuff. She ended up with $400, which she kept in the bank until the college took it all. But I mean, she kept it in the bank from the time she was 10 to the time she was 18, and and they, they, they took every dime of it at college. And okay, so that's what I did for that daughter. Now there's another kid in my family, he won't remain nameless. I wouldn't give a dime to because it's all going to be jawbreakers and, you know, you know, kind of all this kind of nonsense. I treat them differently. Right. Because why? It's my kingdom. (laughs) And it's my money. Whose money? Yeah, that's right. My money. No, that's right. Right. So 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 he gives it each according to their ability and and he, he goes on his journey. Okay. now watch this. Another kingdom principle. So cool. The man who had received five bags went at once. We call this the principle of first fruits. Okay, you're not, you get the resources and you're not thinking to yourself, well, let's see, how can I, it's at once, how can I make this work for God's kingdom? Now, this isn't just money. This might be, you might have gotten a promotion. Now it's power. Now all of a sudden you're over 50, maybe 100 people that are under your care. They're looking to you to lead that organization. You get that promotion and what are you thinking? You're thinking like me, at once I go out and I buy something or I go out and I go, honey, you know, I'm amazing or whatever you do when you get home when you get a promotion. At once, he starts thinking about the kingdom. You get that promotion at once. How do I, how do I, you're in sports you become captain of that sports team how, how, at once. How, how, do you, how do you invest your life into those teammates that might have a positive impact on the kingdom of God? Because it's God's kingdom. And guess what? With that promotion, with that raise, with, that, uh, uh, with retirement, where now all of a sudden you've got time that maybe you didn't have before. How are you going to invest it in the kingdom of God? Because guess what? Your time, your power, your position, your money, it's all his, all of it. So got this kingdom prince About once, took his money and he gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. You can kind of get the reason why God was giving these guys more money than the other ones, right? But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with him. Another kingdom principle. God will keep his hands off for so long. And then he holds his servants accountable. It's just a kingdom principle. Right now in my life, I might be getting away with something. And somebody may not know. And You guys are like, oh, I don't know if I like this, right? Okay, it'll only go so long. The habit, the addiction, the flirting, the whatever. It's only going to go so long. God will entrust it to you. He'll betray it, if you will. He'll lack intervention. But one day, he's going to come and settle accounts. And and this isn't just salvation and just like, you know, you're going to die and go to hell or go to heaven. This is about kingdom resources. About something he's commanded us to do. And he's going to find out whether we've done it or not. And we'll get to the good, good part later. Now it just sounds all like a big drag. He settled accounts with them. The man who'd received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold? See, I've gained five more. Imagine this servant, right? Who, Who probably knows the master, obviously. He probably knows all about him, knows everything about him. And as he's taking his master's money, whose money? his money, right? He takes his money and he invests it and he's getting this money back that he's going to give back to God. He's probably thinking to himself, this is awesome. My master's kingdom is being established right here in front of me. When he gets back, he's going to be stoked. And so the master comes and he says, Master, look, you gave me this, I'm giving you this. Here you go. His master replied, well done this is a common kingdom principle that our heavenly father in reality could actually look down on our lives and go that's what i'm talking about exactly like we would our own children where you come in you stumble in on your kids doing something playing right together or sharing or all like that little girl who went into her her room and she pulled out those things like pastor bob was talking about and just made a Got a garage sale right there. Raised $10. Well done. That is the heart of our Heavenly Father. We sang, you know, um, and it's my joy to honor you this morning. You are my king. You are my king. It's my joy to honor you. To hear God say, well done. He says, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with the little things. Now watch. I will put you in charge of many things. You think, put me in charge. That sounds like work. How about you just slide me a little something, something under the table. That would be nice. You know, I gave you, you gave me one bag. I gave you two bags and you give me something out of that second bag. Right? He's like, no, I'll take my bags. I'm going to put you in charge of a lot more stuff. You think, man, that's not fair. That's not right. We want the stuff. We want what's in the bag. Here's what Jesus knew when he was telling this parable. For a slave at that time, to be put in charge of more really meant getting to know the master better. You have all kinds of slaves that can you know, sweep up and do all that kind of stuff. But as, as those masters began entrusting those slaves with more and more and more and more, their relationship with the master grew closer. And now they're involved in stuff in the kingdom of that master's kingdom that they would never be involved of in before. And their eyes are open to stuff maybe they'd never seen before. Why? Because they were faithful with little. And that master begins to go, hey, you handled the gold really well. I'm going to have you in charge of this part of my kingdom. I'm going to have you in charge of this and this. And when I, we have those meetings, you know the ones that no one else was going to? You're going to be involved in those meetings. I want to get your input. And we're going we're to move this thing forward. That's what that slave knew. It's abundance. That slave would be entering into his master's happiness. Here's what he says. Well done, good and faithful servant. servant. You've been faithful with little. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Get to know your master more. This intimacy. The same thing happens with a man with two bags. He comes and master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. And it's what's amazing to me, another kingdom principle. While God treats the slaves differently by entrusting them with different amounts, the reward is the same. As a matter of fact, if you took this particular slide and you put it right over the slide of the slave with five, it says the identical thing, comma for comma, parenthetical statement for parenthetical statement. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Same thing. Now we're starting to get an idea of why our Heavenly Father doesn't have to just make it all even for everyone. Each according to his ability. But the reward is the same. Intimacy with the master. A relationship with the king. Right? It goes on. Then the man who received one bag of gold. Right? Okay? He comes in. Master. Master. I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. Now, what's happening with this slave? This slave thinks he already knows the master. He thinks he already understands who the master is, has this intimate relationship, kind of kind of goes, oh, I, know, I know where you were going with all this kind of stuff when you gave it to me. I, I, I get it. And then he says something that's so, to me, I think just really gives the key of why we don't invest the resources God has entrusted to us. I I think the next thing that, that the slave says just kind of like shines a light on my own life. When I look back at my life and I look in areas when I was wasting time, wasting money, wasting my position, it has to do with kind of this next statement that he says. It kind of gets to the core of the heart issue. Of why we don't invest. I was afraid. I was afraid. Now, watch what he was afraid of. I was afraid and went out and hid your gold. Look, here's what belongs to you. Just erase, erase. We're good. You gave me something, I gave it back to you. Everything's cool. He was afraid based on this way he viewed the master. He thought, man, this guy has it going on. He's all like mighty and strong and powerful. I'm just a slave. Listen, I don't even want to mess. I'm I'm just going to. And so because of the way he sees his master, he was afraid. Afraid of his action. Here's what I think is the problem with myself and those in the church who don't fully utilize the resources God has given us. It's not that I'm afraid of his action. I'm afraid of his inaction. I'm afraid if I invest this money that he's entrusted to me, that he won't replace it. That it'll be too much for me. That I'll, 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 I'll spend all this money on tithes and offerings and all this kind of stuff and give it to the church. And then, and then what about me? What am I going to do? I, 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 that, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of, here's the thing, that maybe my heavenly father... Won't take care of me. But I'm afraid. And this is exactly where the servant was. He was afraid. He didn't understand his master. But there's another kingdom principle that could be injected right in here if I'm talking to you and you're afraid that it's not going to work out. Seek first the kingdom of God and all those things will be added to you. You don't have to worry about that stuff. It's right in the middle. of the birds are in the air, they don't, they don't toil or reap. God takes care of them. Lilies of the field, then. they're here, gone tomorrow. Don't you think God loves you more than that? Try to get rid of that fear, putting His kingdom first. You know, maybe for you it's a time issue. Maybe for you it's like God wants to invest, wants you to invest more time into the kingdom of God, but you're afraid. Well, if I do that, and I, and I won't, won't work those hours, or I might not get that promotion, or whatever, or whatever, whatever. Seek first the kingdom of God. You've got a heavenly father that loves you. So, what does this guy do? He's supposed to manage money and serve his master. But he's trying to manage his master and serve the money. And this is what happens to us. We're supposed to serve God and manage our money, but we serve our money. And we try to manage God by going, ah, I came up a little short this month. If you could just kind of throw me a couple bones and just, man, and oh, you know what? I just, if I get this promotion, I'll just, oh man. And we serve the money, serve the money, overspend. Oh, we're terrible with it. We, God gives us the resources. We squander it away and we go, hey, 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 hey. I'm serving money. I want to manage God. It's just wrong. <laughs> it's, it's the opposite of the kingdom principle. Here's what the master says. And again, this is a hard word. I thought Jesus was all about love and like puppies and stuff. And This master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Like, Jesus, hold off a little bit, buddy. Wicked and lazy? No. I'm just tired and uh, got a lot of bills. He goes on, you wicked and lazy servant. He knew that I harvest where, so you knew I harvest where I have not sown. You gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit in the bankers. You, now, nowadays, you and I are looking like, that would be stupid, right? They're going to go under it with everybody else. Well, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. God is always looking for a return on investment, Okay, however small, these are the steps of faith we take. Okay, God, you've given me this time. I want to turn it into something for your kingdom. I want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. You've given me these kids. What am I supposed to do with them, right? He wants to return our investment. He wants kids that are going to be raised in a home where these principles are taught and that kids will, those kids will change the world. You've given me this job. You've given me this car. You've given me all these different things. You've given us this church what are we going to do with this church that we've been given from generations past? What are we going to do with a $3 million piece of property dropped right in the middle of Garden Grove that he's entrusted to us? We've got to at least get some interest out of the thing. We've got to at least get a few baptisms or something. we got to at least feed some Homeless or displaced people, we gotta do something, right? This is the kingdom principle. Now watch what he says. This is so cool. Well, I mean, not for the one slave, but for everybody else. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags, for whoever has will be given more. Now listen to this, and this is this is my dream and my hope for us as a church. And they will have an abundance. My dream isn't that we're all rich, okay? It's that we all walk in that intimacy with our master, knowing, you know what? No matter what happens, he's got me. I don't need to fear being a part of his kingdom. I can invest fully in the kingdom of God, and I don't need to fear that's having an abundance. You know what it is? It's, it's, it's getting from God what we think we're going to get from the resources, In other words, if we had more money, we typically think, well, I'd have more peace in my life. I'd have more security. Wrong God. We get that from our Heavenly Father. Money is is a competing God. If what we're trying to get is security and peace and value out of life, you're serving the wrong God. That comes from our Heavenly Father who loves us, who says, seek first my kingdom. All those things will be added unto you. Uh, The problem is... Oh, and then he goes on. Whoever does not have, even that will be taken away from them. Here's the thing. You know, when you talk about money... um, you know, for a pastor, for churches and stuff. You, there's this thing in the back of your mind, because it, it comes in the back of everybody's mind, is that, you know, the church always talks about money. You know, the church is... And so you, you're a little sensitive because there might be someone visiting who like... And you, you might be that. You might be visiting and like, you, you, you're finally starting this journey again with God and now they're talking about money again. Yeah. Yes. The church should be talking about money. It's the number one competing God... So if a church together is worshiping a God and the big thing is watch out for this other God, you'd just be foolish not to talk about the other God. You'd be foolish to just kind of sit there. I, I, I use this analogy, or at least I did this week while I was thinking of it because it made me laugh and I just like to laugh. Like if I were a doctor of oncology, which I think is cancer, but I, I'm not sure because when I asked the first group, they didn't know. Is it? Does anyone know for sure? Okay, good. Thank you. Way smarter than first service. Okay, so, so let's say I'm a doctor of oncology, and so I, I go to med school, and I learn about it, and I'm around tumors all the time, and I'm around people who've been healed, and I'm around all the processes by which you get cancer, which you get rid of cancer. I'm kind of an expert in cancer. And so there I am, and all of a sudden, I kind of realize all my friends, I hear them talking behind my back. There's kind of this groundswell of like, man, all that guy does is talk about cancer. He's depressing tumor this and chemo that and all this kind of and i start thinking to myself i'm gonna drive i'm gonna drive all my patients away if i keep talking about cancer so the next day you happen to be the one who comes into my office and you got this growth on your temple that's the size of like a golf ball and it's just sitting out there and i come in and i pretend not to see it hey how's it going I don't see any... You try not to look at it. I don't know if you've ever seen anyone who's got something like that and you try not to look at it, but that's the only thing you can look at. So I try that. I'm just like looking at the thing and I said, he says, doctor, what do you think this is? I said, I don't know. I ain't talking about cancer anymore. It's, it's too troubling. It just... <laughs> cancer. So I say, oh, oh, don't worry. It, it'll go away. <laughs> yeah. Next, next week, two weeks, a year from now, it's the size of a tennis ball. I just don't feel comfortable talking about it. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to tell you you got cancer. I know you have cancer, but I'm not going to say it because it's too uncomfortable. It's just kind of, wow, why are you judging me? Tell me I have cancer. I'd be sued for medical malpractice because I know what it is. I could diagnose it and I can fix it. If you just had the information that is money in the church. That's the topic of money. It would be spiritual malpractice for me to just glaze over it and not talk about it. Not talk about the biblical principle, the kingdom principle of what we call tithing. That's the kingdom principle. So I'm going to teach it to you right now. It's very complicated. I have a thing here. Then we'll be done. Here's how it works. God gives you ten of these. Okay? Now, the cool thing about God is that he doesn't make it a really hard formula Like it's not like finding the circumference of a circle. You don't divide by pi and two R squared or whatever the circumference of a circle is. We need need a fifth grader in here to figure all that out. But God gives you 10 of these. And right when he gives you 10 of these, you take one of them and you give it back to God through your local church. Now. We can talk at a different time about why I believe very strongly it should go through your local church and not divide it up into all sorts of ministries, but we won't worry about that this morning. I just believe I can make a good argument for it through Scripture. But you get ten, you take one, you give it back to God. You say, God, it's all your money anyway. Whose money is it? His money. He gave it to me. It's still his money. It's still my breath. It's still my, my, I mean, his breath, his house, his everything. The earth is his and everything. And it gives you 10, give him one. Okay. Here's the problem. When each of these represents $100, <laughs> ah, see that? The marks know, right? I mean, it's like, it's like all of a sudden, this is like a, this could be a nice dinner out with the wife. And God loves my wife. And he wants us to have a strong relationship. Who am I to sacrifice a nice dinner out with my wife? I think, anyway, he would like me to go out to dinner with my wife. Okay? $100 each. Now, what if they're $1,000 each? $1,000. I could do a lot of stuff with a $1,000. I'm just supposed to give that over to God. I don't know. God, $1,000. How about 500 How about I tithe off 1000 Give Give 100 right? That's the problem with the tithe. It's easy to do in your head. What if each of these is $10,000? You're making six figures. This represents $100,000 and God gives it to you and you got to take $10,000. Here's what I found as a doctor of spiritual money. (laughs) The people who get this down, who get the tithing down, there's an abundance Maybe not of money, okay? And maybe there's financial problems, but there's an abundance. There's a, there's a stepping into an entirely different season of growth with your heavenly father because it releases you and breaks you from that God that says if you get more of these, you're going to get more peace and more stewardship and more all that kind of stuff. And God knows it's a lie. It's a competing God. And the only thing he's asking us to do is to give 10. there's some people who teach that if you give one, God will give you 10. And that's, that's kind of referenced in the Bible. Not really. You have to jump through some hoops. But the way I look at it is instead of I give him one and he gives me 10, he's already given me the 10. He just wants his one back. That's all. Now, I know it's a hard word. And for some of you, it's just like, man, you don't understand what that's going to mean for me. Like, maybe you're a new Christian and you're like, I didn't know I had to give up my money. I just thought I had to stop smoking, you know? Like, all of a sudden, I got to start giving cash out. It's part of the kingdom principle. And so that process that you're going to go through as you start thinking 10%, going to carry the four and all that kind of stuff and that's going to mean this. That means I'm not going to be able to or we're not going to be able to or we're going to have to. That whole process is called worship. The whole process of sitting with your life laid bare before God going, "You know what God? If you're going to give me more stewardship into your kingdom, if I'm going to be closer to you, I that means I'm going to have to give up these types of things. And it represents itself in cash. That is worship. That is what the Bible calls making your life a living sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. It's your spiritual service of worship. How you spend money. Let me just show you one quick verse and as as Jason comes back up, here's the thing. In Luke, he says this: whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. It's the opposite. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So, if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, whose property? His property. Who will give you property of your own? Then he says this unbelievable statement No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. And I believe personally, and I've believed it all my life, Christian life, that the way to break it is a tithe. It's a big sacrifice. But that's what I've come to find out. Here's the other thing I want us to understand. And this is just me talking as your pastor. I believe we're a five-talent church. I really do. I believe that God has entrusted us with a five-talent, five gold five-bags-of-gold church. I believe God believes that we ha- are being blessed according to our ability. That we, in fact, can grow a church that takes care of the least of these that is multi-generational, multi multi-socioeconomic. A church that's planted right across the street from an elementary school. A church that's loved by its community. A church that has leaders that have been around for way longer than I have that stay, that are, that are here. A church that's filled with you guys. We're a five-talent church. And someday God's going to come back and settle accounts with us. I just so desperately want all of us to hear in our personal lives, as a church, all this. Well done. Good and faithful servant.